On today's episode, we'll discover how to supercharge our physical health as we investigate sugar's impact on diabetes, obesity, and cognitive decline. You'll learn the latest cutting-edge research on how fructose is the culprit behind massive wellness problems worldwide, and especially in America. Find out how to counteract these issues and what staying informed can do to elevate your mind and body health in today's fascinating discussion. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Fulfillment Therapy, your source of insights and tips for achieving holistic wellness and deeper life fulfillment. I'm your host, Kendra Nielsen, and in today's episode, we're examining a topic that has far-reaching implications for our health, sugar. We'll explore how sugar, particularly in the form of fructose, might just be the bad guy behind diabetes, obesity, and even dementia. So let's jump in and get started. You've probably heard the phrase, sugar is bad for you. But what exactly is the problem with sugar? I was listening to a podcast episode lately about this very topic, and it was so fascinating, and I thought that you guys would enjoy it as well, especially because it helped me make those changes once I understood the why behind it. Dr. Robert Lustig is a renowned expert on pediatric endocrinology. And in the show notes, I'll put that podcast episode. So if you want to learn a lot more about it, he goes more into the science about it and why this makes him an expert and all those things. But he talked about the latest research and discovered a lot more about the harmful effects of sugar, especially fructose. So fructose is a type of sugar found in many sweeteners, and this includes high fructose corn syrup especially, and table sugar. Now for those of us that live in America, this is in many of the things that we eat. Lustig said the following, Excessive fructose consumption can disrupt insulin sensitivity, paving the way for insulin resistance and the development of type 2 diabetes. It's like a key that doesn't fit the lock anymore, leading to a cascade of metabolic issues. And again, when he was a guest, he went into a lot of the things. So if I were just thinking about type 2 diabetes, I don't know that I'd be too concerned because I don't really fit the profile of someone that would struggle with that quite as much. And it is always on my mind because when I talk to people about physical health or personal training or those types of things, Diabetes is a major concern for a lot of them, 
and obesity, especially because of the obesity pandemic that we're facing. When we consume a lot of fructose, it gets metabolized in the liver, and that leads to a greater storing of fat and a disruption in our body's hunger-relating hormones. So as a result, we end up overeating, and this contributes to weight gain and obesity. Dr. Mark Thompson is a nutritionist, and this is what he said. Fructose, unlike other sugars, doesn't trigger the same satiety signals in the brain. So this leaves us feeling unsatisfied and more prone to continuous snacking, contributing to the cycle of weight gain and obesity. So that part that's important there, it makes us more prone to that continuous snacking because it doesn't leave us feeling full. In this episode that I listened to, they talked about belly fat being tied with fructose especially, and that rings true to me. But one thing I know I'm still getting too much of is sugar, which I'll talk more about in just a minute. I've always had a longer, thinner torso, but in the last year or so, I've started to acquire more belly fat, and this lined up with eating more sweets during the holidays, and then it just became more of a habit where I just didn't really limit desserts or anything nearly as much. And now I'm changing that trend and it's improving, but not until I decrease my sugar intake. I couldn't find this quote, but I came across this quote once that basically said, if you want to be average, then go ahead and do what you're doing. But the average American is severely overweight and often obese and depressed and anxious and all these other things. Like when you're talking about averages, nobody wants that. And that is kind of the average out there. If you want to be beyond average, if you want to be more fulfilled and happy and healthy, we're going to have to do things that are different than the average population because the average population really is not a great role model. I've had three foreign exchange students. I've mentioned them before. And when they come, they are all afraid of becoming unhealthy while in America because of our legacy of bad health and overeating, obesity, and all of those things. And now that I've watched the three of them cook and eat, they each take one night a week cooking for the family. And I see firsthand how they cook more with whole ingredients that aren't processed. And it's simplified and it's tasty. (laughs) They're confused why so much of what we eat comes from a package or a can and Again, I thought I was very healthy for an American, but watching them prepare things, I'm like, oh, I really do go for that, those packaged ingredients more than I thought that I did. The exchange program that they're in warns them that when they come to America, they will likely gain weight, but not to worry because when they go back home, they'll go back to normal. Isn't that a terrible cultural norm that probably needs some tweaking? I know I, for one, do not want to accept this cultural norm. Now, I have mentioned this before, but I'm the first to admit that I really do love desserts. I love cookies. I've also talked about that. And just last night, I got into a, I guess you could call it an argument with my husband, and I immediately just wanted cookies. So I made some. Now, I'm not saying that cookies are bad. I am saying that we can get educated and shift our habits and norms so that we can live a healthier lifestyle. And in that case, anyway, last night... I was using it as a coping mechanism. I was using it to soothe my frustrations and my feelings rather than work through them. So essentially, I was eating my feelings. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Still Alice or even watched the book, but that book really resonated with me too, and I want to shift from maybe obesity and that physical part to more of the cognitive part. 
So in that book, Still Alice, it talked about early onset dementia, and it really resonated with me. Because ever since I've been a young mom, I feel like I'm losing my mental clarity and my recall. Can you relate to that if you're a mom? It's um, it's truly a little concerning. I remember at one point my older sister told me, like, oh, it'll get better once your kids start sleeping through the night. And I really don't feel like it did. I feel like I'm just more disjointed and distracted in my thinking and kind of all over the place because of all the different directions my mind is going. And because that's on my mind more, I do what I can to learn more about cognitive health so that I can improve it. Because the rate things are going, I am concerned about the future, to be honest. I wonder if that's the same for you. Do you feel a little concerned about your cognitive health, even if you're learning and different things like that? Do you wonder if there's a way to guard against dementia or any sort of cognitive decline? Like I mentioned earlier, excessive sugar consumption, particularly fructose, is linked to cognitive decline and even dementia. High sugar intake has been shown to contribute to neurogenerative diseases. Dr. Maria Johnson is a neuroscientist and she said, high fructose intake can trigger inflammation and oxidative stress in the brain both of which are key players in the progression of neurogenerative diseases. It's like throwing fuel on the fire of cognitive decline. Isn't that huge? That is really interesting. I'm going to read that last part again. It's like throwing fuel on the fire of cognitive decline. Fructose is that fuel. If you don't want cognitive decline now or in your future, Think about the things that you're bringing into your body and those small shifts that we can make to improve it. When I was listening to all the science behind this, I was like, wait a second. Does this mean that I can't have fruit? Because I eat a lot of fruit and I love fruit. They said it's not this so much. It's the processed concentrated amounts in our foods that create the major damage. The part that really helped me is understanding a little bit more about sugar. And in this case, I'm going to talk about table sugar. How much sugar is safe? So according to the American Heart Association, women should consume no more than six teaspoons, which is 25 grams. It's in grams on the labels, but that's the equivalent of six teaspoons. So no more than six teaspoons of added sugars per day. And men should limit their intake to nine teaspoons or 38 grams of sugar. The reality is quite different. When I started to look at labels, I was like, wait a second, there is no way we are getting anywhere close to the recommended amount. And that's even controversial because the American Heart Association, some people say that this is much too high. For the sake of just this, we'll just say this is a good average. Americans consume around 17 teaspoons of added sugars every day, which is more than double the recommended limit. And honestly, I think that's a little bit low, especially looking at the labels of what my kids are eating in school lunches. Oh, it like breaks my heart, the things they feed them. And I have really intended on getting better about school lunches and it's just not happening yet. But for breakfast, they often give them juice and chocolate milk and something like a cinnamon roll to start their day. And I don't know how they are not easily triple what they're supposed to have in just that one meal. 
you'll understand what I mean when I talk about a little bit more about the labels in just a second. So if you're wondering, I looked this up on a few different sites and they're all slightly different, but Harvard says that 4.2 grams of sugar equals one teaspoon of sugar. If you're rounding that, which a lot of websites do, that's about four grams of sugar to one teaspoon of sugar. This helped me a lot when I started to get more intentional and I wanna share a story about this. Oh my gosh, it was just shocking to me. I was recently flying back from Costa Rica and when I'm flying, I often choose to get a cranberry juice. We always have water at home. We don't really have juice or soda or anything like that. But when we are flying, it's like a, you know, kind of a, a treat. So I well, like, oh yeah, I'll just get the best option. So I often get like a V8 or a cranberry juice. Well, I got a cranberry juice this time and I was just like, you know, I just assume that it's the best one, but I've never actually looked at the back of the label for this one. So I turned it around and it had 58 grams of sugar. That's 13.8 teaspoons, so about 14 teaspoons of sugar in a drink that is tart. I grabbed it because I was like, well, it doesn't taste that sweet. Uh, I was very wrong. That is crazy because remember, the recommendation for women is six teaspoons a day. And that had 14 in just one drink. Not to mention all the other things I was going to be eating in the day that had added sugars. So when you talk about like, oh yeah, um, my sugar is just in my desserts. So as long as I don't have too sugary of a dessert or have it desserts too often, you're forgetting about all the sugars in the other things. And the more that I've started to look at the labels, the more I recognize it's in a lot of things you wouldn't even think about. Like there's a lot of sugars in condiments. There's a lot of sugars in healthy foods. I'm doing my little quotations right here that you can't see. Like granola, for example, or yogurt. You have to be very careful because they have a lot of sugars. Actually, a lot of the health foods that I eat, I am so confused why they add sugar. Especially dried fruit or things like that. It's just caked in this added sugar. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's so hard to find things that don't have those additives. Be aware of this. I really don't want to discourage you and leave you feeling like there's no hope. I just want you to be educated so that you start looking at the labels because that is the biggest shift that I was able to make. Now I am pretty familiar with what has more sugars, what has less, but not always. <laughs> like the cranberry juice thing was very recent. I just never had turned it around to look because I don't have it that often. Many years ago, I was doing a wellness challenge, and I don't even really remember. I think we were making some YouTube videos, me and a friend of mine, and we went to a major grocery store, and we just looked at all the labels, and we were talking about it. We were converting them, and I think it was Sobe and several of the other ones. They were really, really high, too. Like, it was shocking when we went around looking at the labels of these really popular things that are out there that people are consuming. The good news is that once you're mindful, you can make better choices. I just want to share a couple other things that I researched and found. For example, Mountain Dew has 16.5 teaspoons of sugar, just a smaller individual yogurt that has about four teaspoons of sugar. So remember, if we're only supposed to get six teaspoons as a female, that's only two more teaspoons a day in everything you eat to be at that normal amount and to not have those adverse consequences. I didn't look up granola, but that's often very high. 
and same with cereals, so be aware of those things. The other one that I thought was really funny is, for a while, remember when Nutella, although my exchange students say it's Nutella, even my husband says that actually, <laughs> so Nutella is supposed to be, you know, this healthier thing that's really tasty. I don't know if you ever thought it was healthy, but we kind of thought, oh, it's got hazelnut in it and it's delicious, so it, it's not that bad. But then a competing brand said it has more sugar than frosting. Well, I looked it up and that is actually true. So there's about five teaspoons of sugar in a serving of Nutella. So just like a little bit. I think it's two tablespoons of Nutella has five teaspoons of sugar. What are you consuming in the morning? Do you have any idea if you just even are starting your day? Like maybe you're a tea drinker or maybe... I guess if you're not a Latter-day Saint, maybe you're a big coffee drinker. Like, how, how much creamer or sweeteners are you putting in stuff at the very beginning of the day? Are you eating pastries or just in your cereal or even your granola or your yogurt or your smoothie? Smoothies are actually a big one, too. How much sugar does that equal? And if you're getting a lot of that sugar, which is also that fructose... Are you unknowingly impacting your cognitive health and your physical health? Are you adding on that weight? And again, here, I have to be careful because I don't care about weight. I care about health. I care about mental health. I care about physical health. And personally, I want to do everything I can to make sure that I'm doing what I can to be healthy throughout my entire life. You do not need to fear, my dear listeners. <laughs> there are steps that we can take to minimize our fructose intake. First and foremost, just like I mentioned a minute ago, just be vigilant about reading nutrition labels. Be informed and don't just go through the motions because that's our cultural norm. Added sugars can be lurking in really unexpected places, even in seemingly healthy foods, like I mentioned, yogurt or granola or granola bars or healthier cereals. Choose whole unprocessed foods whenever you can and just slowly increase those into your diet. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to mention that a friend just told me about, and I love this. I don't know if it's pronounced the app itself is Yucca or Yucca, but it's, I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. It's Y-U-K-A. It is a fantastic app that I actually just took to Costco, and I scanned all of my favorite healthy snacks, and it will give you a rating like poor, good, I don't remember all of the different ratings, but then you click on it and it tells you it has this score because it has too many additives or too many, too much saturated fat or too many calories, or it has a higher score because it has great protein, fiber, those types of things. And it will tell you if it has too much sugar, all of these. So you don't have to figure it out for yourself. I love this. And it was very, very insightful. Like I said, I'm, I would like to say I'm pretty informed. But these healthier choices that I had picked out were actually not that great at all. And these are things that said that they were unprocessed. Just by the labels themselves, it looked like really good options. Well, now I know. And also the thing that I love about it is it gives you other recommendations at the bottom that have a better rating. It is a fantastic app, so I would recommend trying that. Again, it's called... Yucca, Y-U-K-A. So check that out. It's awesome. And a little shout out to the Stedmans for showing me that because I love it. <laughs> 
Another tip is that you can consider using natural sweeteners like honey or maple syrup in moderation. I know there's a big debate back and forth. I've been in the wellness industry for quite a while, and sometimes they say, honey's the best, maple syrup's the best, processed sugar doesn't matter, they're all the same. There's just always this debate there. But after listening to several of these episodes from the latest research, it really does feel like this is a better option for sure. These alternatives provide a more balanced profile of sugars and come with additional nutrients that the other things do not. Over time, you'll find that you need less added sugar to satisfy your cravings. And I really noticed this coming back from Costa Rica because they don't have a lot of those additives and things. And foods here tasted overpowering in their sweetness and in their saltiness once we came back. Those are just a couple tips to get you started on improving your physical health. And that wraps up our discussion today on the bittersweet truth of fructose or sugar and what you can do to improve your brain health and your physical health. Remember, your journey to holistic wellness involves taking care of your physical health just as much as your mental or emotional wellness. Cutting back on excess sugar, particularly fructose, might just be the key to preventing diabetes, obesity, and protecting your brain health. And in closing, just a reminder to sign up for our Costa Rican Women's and Men's Wellness Retreat that takes place June 16th through the 22nd, 2024. Sign up quickly. Do not wait or you will lose your chance. My husband is going to be running the men's retreat at a nearby property simultaneously, and I'll be running the women's retreat, and we're going to do a variety of incredible excursions. You can check out the video on fulfillmenttherapy.org under, I believe it's services, and then men's and women's retreats. You can check out all those details. But amazing, amazing things there. It includes lodging, food, excursions, entertainment, psychoeducation, wellness resources, professional training, restoration, and an unforgettable experience. Grab one of those spots today. Get it done. I would love to see you there and help you build that tribe that will help you become your best, most fulfilled self. The video is also in the show notes if you want to check out those details. Also, sign up for our free 45-day wellness challenge. This is throughout September and halfway through October. So no matter where you are, go ahead and get started now. It is absolutely free, no strings attached. You can find us on Facebook at Fulfillment Therapy and Instagram at Fulfillment Therapy. Thank you so much for joining me today. And until next time, take care of yourself and make those small, mindful choices for your overall wellness. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.